You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and it's great to have you with me, Sharon Noonan, for the first Best Possible Taste of 2016. I hope you've had a fantastic festive season and tonight I'm looking forward to introducing guests such as Donald Skehan, who is the guest editor of January's Easy Food magazine. Aoife McElwain will be on the phone to talk about Forkful TV. I have a report for you from the Apprentice Chef programme and Rebecca Cronin from Ballymaloo Litfest will be giving us the heads up about what we can expect from the 2016 programme. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please drop me an email to s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation. So Donald Skehan, he really doesn't need an introduction as he's so well known from his TV cookery shows and this month he is the guest editor of Easy Food magazine. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Donal, you're very welcome to the programme. Thank you for having me. We're delighted to have you. And this month, January, you are the guest editor of Easy Food magazine. Yes, I'm very excited and it's a fantastic magazine to be a part of. And uh, especially exciting that I get to have a say as well as to how things look. (laughs) That must be very interesting. It's always exciting. And, uh, you know, any time you get to work with food and photography and you know all the text that goes into it it's it's an amazing process and i think uh, you kind of you see it on the magazine stand but you don't understand the the work that goes into it january everybody associates with kind of trying to cut back and get over the excesses of christmas so does the january issue of easy food magazine reflect our need to lose those few pounds absolutely i mean i think it's there's a lot of uh, lighter and healthier recipes in there but also recipes that are, are balanced as well you know because i think you know at this time of year everyone is pushing towards healthy diet but you kind of have to remember to to eat with a balanced viewpoint on it as well because everyone slips up and you know you shouldn't beat yourself up about it it's about trying to keep a balanced diet and I think that's one of the most important things. I presume there's lots of overlap, Donal, between some of the recipes that are in Easy Food magazine this month and your latest book Fresh. There is indeed, yes. I mean, um, it's, a, it's an exciting thing to be able to take some of the recipes from the book and feature them in the magazine. And, and I suppose it's all about what the magazine is about this month. It's, a, it's healthy eating, it's lighter, but more balanced food. And that's what Fresh is all about as well. So, you know, things like beetroot burgers, uh, pomegranate chicken with, you know, bulgur wheat, uh, superpower chili with a charred corn salsa, the sort of stuff that just so happens to be healthy but is absolutely delicious and um, and it's it's encouraging you to get a lot more veggies into your diet and and eat more grain so i mean i think overall it's a, it's a good thing to be thinking about at this time of year if you had to pick two or three recipes out of the book that are your favorite recipes what would they be that is a very difficult question. I, I actually, writing this book, it was one of my favourites to write because I got to, and obviously when you're writing a book, you get to test all the recipes and you get to eat them quite a few times. But one of my favourites is a roast squash salad with a sriracha yogurt. So you get these caramelised pieces of squash, which are kind of golden and orange. And then you get these lovely caramelised red onions, some lentils, some chickpeas, and a little dollop of this sriracha yogurt, which I put on everything. I'm obsessed with it. Literally, it's just yogurt with some hot sauce. Like, And you can actually, if you can't get sriracha sauce you can which is a vietnamese hot sauce or a thai hot sauce you can also get um just any hot sauce mixed through a little bit of yogurt and it just has this wonderful heat but also a bit of kind of an acidic bite which works really well with those sorts of caramelized rich tastes um so i mean in terms of favorites there's so many there really is you know and and it's you kind of there's a lot of vegetarian um, recipes in here, but you know that you almost forget that you're you're not eating meat. But one of the meaty ones is a nutty chicken satay salad. Um, you flavor and marinate all the chicken with lots of spices like cumin, coriander, and turmeric, and then you make a kind of a, a shredded salad with carrot and spring onions and some salted peanuts, and then you toss it all together with a peanut satay sauce. And you know all these things are quite. Uh, light, quite balanced, and they're very, very tasty at the same time. And that's, that is my go-to uh, way of, of eating well. So it's not just about calories, or it's not about calories at all. It is about healthy eating. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, you can get so caught up in the calories, but if you are eating a balanced diet and you're getting lots of fruit and veg in your diet, lots of grains, lot of, lots of the good stuff, you kind of don't have to worry as much 
about counting the calories. I would much prefer to be, you know, knowing that I'm cooking my own food, knowing what's going into it, and, and really kind of knowing what I'm eating as well. Because we, we forget there's this disconnect between what we what we eat on a, on a Monday and how we feel on a, on a Wednesday, you know. And so to kind of understand that the food that we put into our body is, is our medicine, you know, it's, it's such a big part of, uh, of a diet that we almost forget. But, you know, again, it's, it's down to balance. It's, it's really making sure that you eat the right things at the right time and, and looking after yourself. It's, it's stuff we all know, but do we have, it's, it's finding the time to do it is, is another thing. When it comes to putting a book like Fresh together, where do you go for inspiration? You mentioned there the Vietnamese sauce and you have spent time in Vietnam and Asia, I believe. Yes, yes. well, actually, I mean, it's, it's an interesting question because I, I, I travel quite a lot. And this year alone, I've traveled to nearly... 20 countries I think it was it was just been it's been a manic year and um, but the one thing I absolutely love about traveling is the inspiration in terms of food you get and uh, Vietnam was was one of those amazing places where they just they just eat drink and breathe food it's just it's everywhere and it's on every street corner and you know it's hard not to be inspired by those sorts of fresh flavors and the quick cooking dishes and and actually quite a lot of healthy recipes as well so there's a, there's a few in, Asian influences in there but also you know a lot of kind of uh, a lot more kind of Middle Eastern flavors in there there's a lot of inspiration from um, with, you know with spices and things like that and really for me I, I travel with a little notebook and anytime I see something or I try something or I taste something I always note down the kind of rough idea and then I'll try it at home I'll try and recreate something thing and you know from that point of view it's it, it's really an experiment and and i love that sort of uh, way of experiencing food in terms of the irish diet and how healthy or not healthy it is how does it compare to other countries like vietnam um vietnam vietnam is a, is a very different country in terms of you know the the culture and the food but uh, you know ireland has a fantastic food culture and we really have kind of gotten our heads around what good food is in the last 10 years and it's an exciting place. Like, I mean, I, the one thing I do love about Ireland and, you know, is when you go to restaurants here, you don't have to pay top dollar to get decent quality food. I mean, you go to America, you go to Sweden, you know, those, are, those sorts of countries, you have to pay top, top money to, to make sure that you're eating well. Otherwise, you're, you're faced with sort of, you know, junk food options. And, you know, Ireland has this fantastic... Um, I suppose, reputation for, for good, honest and decent food. And I think, you know, a lot of the restaurants that are doing fantastic work um, really are, you know, grabbing the bull by the horns and, and taking, you know, good quality ingredients, taking seasonal vegetables and, and creating something that's really special. And it's, you know, the Dublin food scene, the Irish food scene, there's a, there's a good thing going on right now. You were saying there about you've travelled a lot in 2015 and it was a very exciting year for you. You also got married... Yes, we did. Congratulations Thank to you, you and Sophie much. for that. And 2016 then, I believe you've some very exciting plans afoot. We do, we do. Um, we're actually planning to move to the States. Now, we're, we're moving, but we're, we're back and forth as, as much as we always will have been. But we're just trying to spend a little bit more time in the States. There's some great opportunities there um, where we've been... I, I started a YouTube channel last year and we've grown from 6,000 subscribers to nearly a quarter of a million subscribers in a very short amount of time and so from an online point of view there's this huge uh, there's a huge movement of that in the states and um, we just see the opportunity so we're we're heading over there to kind of explore that to you know live a year somewhere else see what it's like and um, but I mean from my point of view the, the fact that I travel so much with my job anyway it means that um, I'll be back and forth to Ireland quite a bit so I'm not leaving completely <laughs> Jamie Oliver has been involved with your food tube to a certain extent. He has, yes. Uh, he would have gotten given me the start on, on YouTube, and we did. He did a lot of shout outs. I cooked with him in London, and um, he's been really fantastic. And uh, he's, he's such an inspirational guy, and he, he's very uh, generous with his time as well. Would he be one of your role models? Oh, big time. I mean, he is, you know, he's a fantastic, um, inspiring food writer, and in in the sense of. Um, I suppose, you know, what he does with food is very creative and, you know, he, he looks to the audience who he speaks to and really asks what do they want and I think that's very inspirational because, you know, a lot of people, you know, you see this kind of, this term celebrity chef and, 
you know, it, it's kind of misleading in a way because, you know, chefs are, are people who work in the kitchens and, and you know, there, there's an art in terms of creating recipes for the person who cooks at home because they don't have a huge amount of ingredients to, to choose from and they don't have lots of equipment. So trying to find recipes that are, that are doable at home are, is, a, is a tricky thing, you know, and you have to know your audience and I think Jamie does that extremely well. Is there anybody in the States that you've got your eye on that you would like to be getting in contact with or meeting to progress your plans in 2016? Absolutely. We have, uh, we have some, some fairly inspirational people. We just um, shot a few videos with uh, Martha Stewart's uh, team, their food team. And so we've done a lot of collaborations from a YouTube point of view as well. So some of the big names... Um, on, in food in, on YouTube as well have been where we're moving to. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's an interesting process. And, you know, as you grow your business and you grow what you're doing, taking inspiration from these kind of role models is, is such an important thing because you learn so much and, and every conversation is, you know, is, is open with possibilities. Well, it's great to see such homegrown talent going from strength to strength, Donal. We were here to talk about the Easy Food January issue, which you have curated this month. And you won't forget us now, will you? I won't. Of course not. Sure, I'm back home. Every My mum and dad will kill me if I don't come back. So <laughs> there'll be war. Well, all the best to Thank you, you and to Sophie on your um, trip to the US and your year there, which could turn into a lot longer, I suspect. And it was we lovely to talk be. to you tonight. <laughs> Thank you very much. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. Lovely to talk to Donald Skihan and we wish him and Sophie all the best on their new adventure in the USA. Still to come tonight, I have a report for you from the Apprentice Chef programme and Rebecca Cronin from Ballymaloo Litfest will be giving us the heads up about this year's programme. Next though, it's time to head back to the phone where Aoife McElwain joins us to tell us about Forkful TV where simple food is made beautiful. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Aoife, great to talk to you this evening. Thank you so much for having me. And we're here to talk about Forkful TV, which is a collaboration between yourself and your friend Mark. Mark Duggan is a uh, photographer and videographer. And uh, back in 2012, uh, we were, we'd been working together on a Dublin magazine called Totally Dublin. We were working on the restaurant section there. I was writing the restaurant reviews and he was taking the photographs. And it's actually something that we are still doing now today. It's one of my favorite jobs. But um, he had an idea about creating very, very simple online recipe videos. And at the time, I wrote a a personal food blog called I Canna Has Cook. And he knew the blog. And and so he approached me about this idea um, to create forkful and the idea just immediately I was really into it because he really wanted to to create a very accessible approachable style something that really highlighted the ingredients and didn't distract with sort of you know gimmicks or didn't distract also with with a presenter you know and not that there's you know there's so many fantastic tv and cookery presenters already so we thought Maybe we'll just really focus in on on the food and 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 um, to to kind of re- especially to help beginner cooks um, to sort of just focus on and to see how simple it can be to whip up something delicious for yourself. So the most that people really see of you is your hands and your arms. That's right. Yes. So it's great. Like I never have to do my hair or makeup or anything, which is brilliant because uh, you know I'm pretty low maintenance gal. But I, I, it's just. It's just, I think, a really nice way to focus, especially on uh, the Irish ingredients that we like to highlight and champion as well. So, yeah. People will be very surprised to hear that you were not accomplished cook, an accomplished cook, a few years prior to starting up Forkful TV. Yeah. Well, what happened was, um, in my, I, I didn't really start cooking until I was in my early twenties. Like my, my grandmother is an amazing cook. My mother's a very good cook, and. I think I always thought that it was that that was their thing, and that I was just you know maybe I could help a little bit or I could watch. But but what they did seemed so special and and difficult to me sometimes that I thought, well, you know, I don't think I can actually do that myself. I, I was also very very interested in music at the time, so I think my creative energies were channeled elsewhere. But I I went to university in London and I worked in a really fantastic family bistro called the Walpole. 
and uh, the chef, the husband and wife uh, who ran it, they they were kind of one of the first people who not only let me help in the kitchen, but they really encouraged me to learn about all the ingredients and about all the processes. And I think um, they really kind of, they were very instrumental in me getting into the kitchen myself. So I started experimenting a little bit, but I still only really cooked one or two dishes. So anytime any of my friends would come over, they'd be like, oh, it's the chickpea stew again, fantastic. And I got very good at that chickpea stew, but when I got into blogging, um, it was about 2007, I think I started my blog. Um, I met my husband in 2006, and he had a blog. He still has a blog. It's a music blog called Nile Nine. And he, I suppose he introduced me to the idea of, of blogging uh, in a very personal way in that uh, I basically chose a different recipe once a week and just put up pictures of it. and. And, and was able to capture my failures and achievements in the kitchen. And, and I just, I really, really enjoyed it. And um, within about a year, I was offered my column in Totally Dublin to do the restaurant reviews and also uh, a recipe, recipe column in the Irish Independent as well. So it was a completely unexpected um, career tra- trajectory and, and one that um, I'm really happy to say has has led to really fantastic opportunities for me ever since. So it was a, a real surprise. Isn't it amazing the way life is full of twists and turns and you never know where you're going to end up? Like you're, you studied media and radio, so they were probably a good platform for you to combine with the cooking. It's true. I mean, I suppose I was always interested in um, writing, certainly, and I've just never... But I had never really thought about it seriously as a career or um, and again, that kind of passion of food and maybe being a bit, um, uh, you know, capable on computers might have might have helped as well. But I think it is such an interesting thing. I had I had really focused uh, on breaking into radio and uh, in my mid 20s, I I found it quite difficult that, that I hadn't succeeded, you know, and. Um, it's very, very difficult when people, I think, for, for that kind of the, the quarter-life crisis, as they call it, that sort of mid-20 part where you think you're supposed to have everything sorted out, but sure, here I am nearly 10 years later, and I, I think I'm just about getting it sorted out, but there's still a lot of work to do. Um, but I do think it's a really amazing thing when, if you put your, your sort of effort and, and your your if you put time into your passions, like you just really do not know the opportunities that might present themselves because of it. So, yeah, it's been a really interesting and delicious journey, I must say. In addition to doing the videos of Megan different dishes for Forkful.tv, you do it commercially as well. So tell us about some of the projects and the clients that you've worked on. So we released um, our own couple, of, a, a few series of our own videos. And again, as I said, we, we had featured a lot of Irish products, products, but we, we did keep it kind of, we didn't want them to be ads or anything like that. It was more that these were things that we used every day in our, in our kitchens. And um, what happened was there was very good um, and obvious kind of partnerships and clients with products that we were already using, say, uh, Falon, Preserves, and Glenisk Yogurt, we got to work on projects with both of them, and the idea was just to create content for their websites. And as you know, I mean, people really do use uh, online recipes, and my own phone is, like, constantly covered in flour and uh, bits of soup and stuff because I, I, I really use it all the time in the kitchen and I use cookbooks too but I just I also think that just the wealth of information that's out there so I think clients and uh, or brands like Glenisk and, and Salon I mean it's a it was such a fantastic um, pro- they were both really fantastic projects for us to work on um, to kind of celebrate the type of ingredients at that and the type of things you can do with, with those really great Irish products and the Irish Times had November last year as their their food month. Did you do some work for them? Yes, yeah, so we were delighted to partner with the Irish Times for our third season of Forkful videos. So we kind of we wanted to 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 change our format slightly this time. 
because we wanted to bring our videos outside of the kitchen. So we had an amazing uh, day that we spent with um, we spent in Wicklow with Hell's Kettle Farm. They're an absolutely amazing, uh, really small organic dairy farm run by a couple called Gavin and Linda and their little son, Peter, who's only uh, maybe a year now. So what they do in the farm is they um, they have their, their dairy herd, but they also have a few hazelnut trees, a very small orchard, but at this, but in autumn, um, they sell the, the, the hazelnuts there because of course, hazelnuts are native to Ireland. So, um, and I, I remember my, my mother <coughs> telling me about picking hazelnuts off the, off the, the the kind of trees near her mother's house in the countryside up in up in County Monaghan where she's from and it was just such a beautiful place to go and explore and learn about hazelnuts. I had sure usually you just see them in the bag and in the supermarket or whatever, but to see them on the tree and in their husks, then to kind of see the process of getting the nut out of the husk and drying it, um, it was just such a fantastic thing to be able to go and, and interview this couple and also have them tell their story and then we filmed a forkful style video basically in their farmhouse kitchen so I did a coffee and hazelnut cake which was very much inspired by my grandmother because she was a real coffee cake person and then um, we also spent a day in the burn with a company called the Red Bank Food Company who export really fine shellfish from the west of Ireland to um, the rest of the world and they specialize in cultivated rock oysters, so not native oysters, but they they um, they work as a it's a family business actually. So we were we went down and spent another day with them as well, finding out about how they harvest the oysters. And again it's like, you know, you, you know a little bit about these products, but to be able to go and see how a producer is or a or an exporter is kind of working with these really, really valuable, precious Goods. It's just a really uh, privilege. It's a real privilege to see um, how these people are, are working. So, with those videos, we um, shared those in kind of, um, as I said, in, in partnership. They were presented by the Irish Times as part of their food month. So, it was a great platform for us to share those stories. And uh, we're really hoping to to do more um, documentary style videos where we can again share the stories of these producers that we are really passionate about. You mentioned there about your grandmother and getting inspiration from her. Whenever you're having to produce videos on a regular basis, you must be thinking about it constantly, thinking about food constantly and always keeping your eye out for ideas for new recipes. I am and I I do. I, so I get I get a lot of ideas, say, from, from cafes and restaurants that I like um, and Recently, I <laughs> ate in a place called Bastable in Dublin. It's a a new restaurant that's opened by a chef called Barry Fitzgerald, who previously worked at Edo in Marion Road, but also worked in the Harwood Arms in London, which was a Michelin-starred gastropub. And um, he had this dish that was uh, like a kind of a fried cauliflower with smoked trout that they smoked in the restaurant themselves with a grabiche and pickled uh, tiny very very thinly sliced pieces of pink beaters and it was just everything on it these are all the I'm a real cauliflower and beetroot fan and so much so that actually myself and Mark were working together about two years and you know I was trying to (laughs) one of our videos is a beetroot hummus and I've done beetroot brownies and um, I'm always doing beetroot salads and stuff for our recipe column in the Irish Independent. I just I just love beetroot, and um, I had made a borscht for I think a Christmas um, a Christmas recipe uh, a year or two ago, and I was like, Mark, you have to try this. It's delicious. And he was like, You know, Eva, I just there's something I really need to tell you. I don't like beetroot, and it was like, oh, you know, this uh, this uh, real moment in our partnership. Where I was like, God, oh, can we continue to work together? But uh, it was it was really funny, and I just thought it was really nice of him that he had had suffered through my beetroot brownies, the beetroot hummus, and uh, he'd he, he'd really given them a go. But the borscht, it was just it was one step too far. But so this this plate of food in Bastable, it was just like you know, it was so simple. But 
there was just it was those ingredients so beautifully paired together the cauliflower the grabiche the the smoked trout that um i ended up actually making it as a starter for um christmas dinner there last year so oh, fantastic it, it went down a treat as well and um yeah so i suppose i think about when it comes to my my grandmother uh her name is bridget and she's never really very far away from me in the kitchen I, I actually have her rolling pin, so every time I bake, she's she's with me. And there's something about that special connection that you can have with a person who's maybe who's maybe passed on, or who's maybe just not in the room with you. That that food can really create, or just the memories that can be linked to food. It's a really special thing that I that I love to to get in tune with myself. That's really lovely. So it is lovely. I suspect now you're going to have a busy 2016. So best of luck with all your future projects. It's been fantastic talking to you tonight and I look forward to to keeping an eye on your your future activities. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. So far in the show tonight, we've heard from Donald Skehan, who is the January guest editor of Easy Food magazine. And just before the break, Aoife McElwain was on the phone talking about Forkful TV, where simple food is made beautiful. If you missed any of the show so far, it'll be up on the podcast later in the week and you'll find it on soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show or subscribe free of charge and download it on iTunes or using the podcast app. Next, it's time to hear from a few different people. The Apprentice Chef programme for secondary year students is in its fourth year and we had the pleasure of the company of its founder, Mark Doe, in the studio when it all began. And indeed, I check in regularly with Mark and his colleagues to see how it's all going and this year is no exception when I took a trip down to Tralee IT to catch up with Mark and a few others. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. Mark, the fourth year of the Apprentice Chef programme. It's hard to believe. It is, isn't it? Yeah, four years has flown. Uh, and we're back again in United Italy here with a, with another workshop, uh, the sixth workshop this year. And uh, we've had, I suppose, Sharon, around uh, 90, between 85 and 90 students at the workshops this year. So, you know, I suppose you're looking at 700 odd students have gone through, which is fantastic, you know. There, there would be, yeah, there would be 700. So, yeah, with the. Uh, there's been a few more than 90 of some of them. Yeah. So it has really grown from year one? Really grown. When you think year one, we had eight schools for the for the pilot programme and we're up to uh, 36 schools this year have taken part from across Munster. Uh, so it's fantastic, you know, yeah. It's, it's, kind of, it's starting to gain momentum. Yeah. Well, let's go back four years mm. whenever you had the idea. Yeah. What was your thinking behind it? I suppose our thinking was, we, we, there was a few things. We, firstly, we wanted to give something back, to be honest, Sharon. Like, we actually wanted to give something back because, you know, everyone's, you know, so busy and whatever with their business. But we wanted to give something back to kids, you know, at secondary level on kind of educating them mainly on healthy eating was the original idea. And uh, we wanted to give something back to them. And then we thought, okay, we could kind of take another angle on this and kind of try and do something about the shortage of chefs that's happening and was happening four or five years ago. So we thought, right, okay, if we can kind of maybe try and expose second level students to third level a lot earlier than they are at the moment through open days at the college, that was the other angle that that we took on it. So, you know, originally we we didn't expect to go this big, to be honest. We would have been quite happy to do eight schools a year. But I suppose after the first year, you realised there was more to this. You know, you could do more with it. So that's how it went. Mm. With the chef crisis mm. in Ireland at yeah. the moment, it's very opportune. Oh, it is absolutely. And you know, we're just trying to kind of get across to to all the students that are taking part from from across Munster this year and previous years as well. We're kind of saying to them that, you know, it's not necessarily about doing three or four years of college and then becoming a chef. You know, there is other angles. You know, there, there's, for instance, uh, you know, we hope that they will become chefs, I suppose, at the end of the day to help with the shortage of chefs. But you often find that, you know, they can go into food tourism, food journalism, food science, food chemistry. A couple of students have gone on from IT Trilly to become environmental health officers the last couple of years. So we're saying to them, you know, it's not all about you know, work in the kitchen. And the other thing we're trying to get through across to them is, uh, you know, it's, it's not really a trade anymore, it's more of a craft. 
you know, like cooking is a craft. It was often seen as a trade. But now the, the opportunities are huge for these kids, you know. They'll never be out of work, firstly. You know, we try and encourage them to go to the highest level they can from day one. And, uh, the, you know, the results are kind of showing now as I think there was five finalists from last year went on to third level education. You know. So you're getting great results from great it. Great results, yeah. And you know, and hopefully that will grow. So, you know, we'd hope to see a few more going to, to the ITs this year, hopefully three, but uh, they might go you know, all over the country and it's only good, you know, to kind of promote the industry and, and you know, they often see what they see on T V as it being quite a bad industry and we're trying to do something about that. You, know? you mm. say there about they'll always have a job, like they'll always mm. have the skills and they'll always be able to feed themselves Absolutely. more importantly. It is as a life skill and it starts at home at school. Let's face it, you know, and, uh, you know, in, in all fairness, the home economics teachers, without them, this wouldn't happen. You know, they're, they're extremely positive about it and uh, they've come on board and, and we look, we're looking after them as well as in developing a QQI uh, continued development program for the home ec teachers. So in the future, the home ec teachers will be coming to the ITs for five days or 10 days a year to be trained on the curriculum for the following year. So, you know, so that's, it's good to get the teachers involved and starts starts there, you know. The programme is a good mix mm. of theory and practice as well. So they do actually get to, to cook a lot. They get mm. all the chef's yep. gear. Yep. There is this, I mean, 30% of the, the overall programme in the, in the marking of it, you know, even though we don't market it as a competition, but there is an overall winner. But 30% of their marks is actually project work-based. And they have to submit a project to us in the classroom. They work on their dish, nutritional value, time plan, how they're going to cook the dish, where they've sourced the food from, etc. So that's 30% of their marks. Uh, we also give them an a online learning resource that they use, that we have the licence for. Uh, so the teachers can access, access this online and there's absolutely thousands of cooking videos based on the practical cookery. So, you know, the teacher is in the classroom with the student using this online learning resource and they put together their whole project. And the, the project's phenomenal. I mean, like, we've learnt, myself and Chef Mark Murphy and, and Louise Brosnan have learnt more about food over the last four years than we've mostly ever learnt from reading their projects, you know. So, yeah, it's not just cooking, you know, it is, there is that, that element of nutrition, uh, project work, etc. yeah. That's incredible that it's nearly like a two-way street that you're Absolutely. learning from them, you're oh, educating we, them, and but you're learning yeah. from them at the same time. I mean, the project from Stephanie Kearney last year's winner, we say a maximum of 1,500 words. Uh, Stephanie emailed me one night I was mentoring her and she said that she had 6,000 words would that be okay and uh, I said you go you look right now Stephanie's project has been used as an example in IT Tralee for year three students on how they should present their project work God, that's and this amazing. is a this is a kid of 16 years of age you know your team then is Mark Murphy from Tralee yeah, IT. Yeah, we have Mark Murphy from Tralee IT. We have uh, uh, Chef Louise Brosnan from Global Village in uh, in Dingle, who was a student here, did culinary arts. Uh, we have Simon Regan from the Hotel Europe. We have myself. Uh, we have uh, TJ O'Connor from the IT Tralee, very heavily involved. Susie Cox is our nutritional expert. And we have John Murray, who's an ex-lecturer, retired lecturer from IT Tralee, who comes in as a judge as well for us. So, so the team's building, you know, it's great. And it's starting to build and, and it's going to hopefully get bigger over the next two years, you know, and get a few more people on board. What advice would you give to young people today that are considering a career in the culinary world? Well, definitely, if they can get involved with this project, I think it's a great great start for them uh, because, you know, they're working with a team of chefs that can certainly help them a lot in in, in in getting onto courses within the IT and getting work experience, etc. So this would be a good stepping stone. But really, I think a lot of it is is maybe getting into the industry, going into a high end place, three or four days, you know, which we can help them with, uh, and do a little bit of work experience, and really see if it is just for them. You know, see if it is for them because there's nothing worse than maybe coming to college for three or four years, and the colleges do a great job of preparing people but you still have to take that step into the industry. So I think if they can get a little bit of work experience in a high-end place, that, that's, the, that's the start. And then, you know, if, if it's what they really want, then they should look at some kind of third level because you do need your piece of paper, really, to, to start. It yeah. is very important where they get the work experience because yeah. behind the scenes mm. can be very different. 
absolutely. in different places. Absolutely, and it is. And you know, it, it's not often what you see on TV. You know, the TV and, and media sometimes I think don't do the, the industry any favors. You know, uh, screaming and shouting. You know, there is an element of that in a kitchen. But when you work in professional kitchens, it's it's not like you know Ramsay's nightmares or whatever. So I mean, it is important that they get out there and 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 from the very beginning and, and work in the best places they can. You know. What is the most important attribute that they need to have? I suppose, really, for me, it's the right attitude, as in, you know, they, they, they need to want to learn. You know, they need to keep their head down. Uh, they don't want to be, you know, cheeky. You know, you need to just concentrate. And I always say to young kids going into the industry, for me, you know, it's having a notebook in, notebook in your back pocket and writing down every single thing you do every day. Uh, that's what I did that's what a lot of chefs you know that I've worked with have done and within a year you've got this notebook full of knowledge and if you just sit and read that that to me is the most important thing and if you see a chef doing that in a kitchen I guarantee you that is the chef that's going to impress the head chef and move up the ladder you know and that's, that's my advice to him head down world your oyster if you put the head down and work hard you know well Mark great to talk to you today and best of luck with it for 2016 lovely and thanks Sharon and thanks again for supporting it the last few years you've been great so thank you Louise, you're going to make some dishes this morning for the, the students. Tell us what you're going to cook up. Well, I suppose the whole idea of today is just to show them basic principles of cooking. So we're trying to keep it as simple as possible. So today we're doing a nice fillet of beef dish with pepper sauce and a rusty potato, some julienne, a vegetable. Uh, we're doing a chicken dish with some celeriac puree, some nice tosh shallots, bacon and mushrooms. And then we're doing two fish dishes, a lovely healthy hake one with a crab topping, a parmesan breadcrumb um, crust I suppose on top and then we're doing a nice uh, Thai dish with some salmon and some tossed vegetables and spice. Now you say these are simple dishes, they don't sound very simple, they sound, they sound very nice but they also sound that there is a certain amount of skill required. There, there is a, a bit of skill involved but what we're trying to show the students is you can, you can bring a simple dish forward, basic principles are the same and what we really want them to take on board today is how to cook a piece of steak, how to cook a piece of chicken, how long for, how to fillet maybe a piece of fish, how to treat it, how to know it's fresh. The, the added garnishes and stuff is just to kind of introduce ideas to them about when they want to bring their dish along. Just giving them ideas is what we want to do today. And then the nutritional side of it, you're very careful about how much butter, how much salt, it's everything in moderation. Yeah, that's a big part of it. We, we want them to know where their food comes from is massive. Um, we want them to know what, what's in it, what good food, good mood food is about. Uh, less is more in the case of butter and saturated fats, but it is important as part of a healthy and balanced diet. As a past student of the culinary arts degree here at Tralee IT, how important is the Apprentice Chef programme? Like, what would it have meant to you to have had this programme whenever you were at school? Oh, it would have been great. I was talking to Mark Doe yesterday about it. Um, I think a lot of students find it hard to get into the catering industry. It's not maybe shown enough. So if this had been there, I, I would have been in the industry a lot sooner and known what I wanted to do for the rest of my life had they been there. So it's a great programme. Whenever you were here, did you go out and get lots of work experience in different places? Oh, I did. The college is very supportive of, of work experience um, with placement. In diff you can go someplace every other year. You can stick with the same one. College are very supportive in that, in that aspect. Why did you decide to get involved in the Apprentice Chef Programme and be one of its mentors? Um, I, I've, I believe in the project massively. I think it's fantastic um, what Mark um, Doe and Mark Murphy are doing. It's a project that I, I see getting bigger every year. It's great for schools, for encouraging people to come into the catering industry. It's just something I haven't thought of before, and, and it's great that they have done so. If you had a single piece of advice to give to the students that are here today to ensure that they get the most out of the programme, what would it be? It would be just to, to listen to your mentors. They're there to help you at the end of the day. Um, Every, every time you come to them with your dish they're going to help you bring it along and as long as you take on board what they have to say and that you find a nice kind of partnership or a teamwork going on that'll help them come along with their dishes Okay, great. Well I think it's time for you to go and start your demo now. Is there going to be lots of tastings? Hopefully there will, yes Fantastic. Well let's head back into the demo theatre then and thanks for your time 
Susie, you're a nutritional therapist. Yes, that's right. And you're very heavily involved in this Apprentice Chef programme. What is your role in it? My role is really to educate the children or the students in um, basic principles of good nutrition. And as through the years of doing this, a lot of people have come, they, they have no idea. They told, eat a good diet, eat a good diet, but they don't really know why. They don't know what to do, why. So I represent it as a visual for them in terms of my shopping baskets as to what are um, foods that will boost you, where the vitamins and minerals come from, where is healthy. And the programme here is based on good mood food, so it's mood that will enhance your overall health and especially enhance your mood. Because that all helps in your day-to-day life in terms of your your brain capacity and your concentration. It's absolutely essential and if these students learn at at this stage now, or um, they learn then as a preventative because most of it, it is preventative. If we don't get the, the diseases or the ill health or the mental strain, or the, you know, you, life is an awful lot easier and mood is better, everything is better. You had a few examples there of fizzy drinks and buns and crisps and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Do you find that the reaction is one of shock whenever you reveal how detrimental some of these items are to their health? Yes, you'd find actually some of them, if you look up some of the students, the Lucozade bottles and things will disappear under the table when I'm talking about it. It's really the, the, main, where the, the main point where they're shocked is really that um, fats are healthy in the right proportions and that it's sugar that's doing so much damage. They really, a lot of people haven't quite grasped that concept that you do need a small amount of sugar. Sugar can give you energy, but you've got to have your sugar base, your, your complex carbohydrates from your fruit and veg because they give you the vitamins and minerals and they're the key to unlock being healthy and staying healthy. When the programme moves on to the later stages and they're cooking themselves and they're coming up with a dish themselves, you will then help them whenever it comes to get the right balance between the fats and the sugars, depending on what their, they, their dish they is. They don't need any help. By the time they get to, when I see them again and I see their projects put together, they have it off pat. They are outstanding. They just absolutely soak it up and work out the good mood food, work out local produce, picking granny's apples because of the locality and the, the freshness of it. They absolutely get it. They don't need any more help. This is, seems to be enough that they go, wow, they walk, off they go and do their research and they label out all their vitamins and minerals and they get it. Like We all watch the, the TV cookery programmes and there's always a little bit of oil or a little bit of butter. And I don't know about you, but it never looks that little to me. <laughs> I don't count them, to be honest with you. I think everything in moderation. Um, like I say to the other students, if you don't have that blend of fats, you don't get your fat-soluble vitamins. You don't. They are life-giving, those, so you do need a little bit of blend. But also have your vegetables, have your good foods, have your brown rice instead of your white rice, and then everything in moderation. Have you ever come across a student that's just no, no vegetables? Yes. Plenty, plenty. But generally, they, they get it. They get it. I had one student previously, and she came down to me and she said, I have dreadful skin. Do you mean to tell me that I need to just eat from fresh fruits and vegetables and what's in my baskets as opposed to the outside the basket, which are the pizzas? And it'll improve my skin. I said, absolutely. She, just, she was flabbergasted. Just and, flabbergasted. And the difference it makes is oh, just the, It's very amazing. easy. It's very easy. So Monday to Friday... You eat well and you have a very nice time and relax with your friends and food of choice. Great. Well, listen, lovely to talk to you. Nice to see you. I'm here now with Erin O'Driscoll. What school are you from, Erin? I'm from Manskull New and Lettruig. That's in Castle Gregory. So you're a County Gary girl. I am. I'm a County girl. <laughs> what inspired you to take part in the Apprentice Chef programme? Well, I really enjoy cooking at home and I just thought it would be a nice idea to go and see the cook-offs and the demonstration and see could I get any inspirations for my own cooking at home. What sort of dishes do you make at home? I love cooking savoury dishes. I love cooking main courses and big hearty hearty dinners like stew and especially seafood and steak I enjoy that Louise and Mark have demonstrated a number of dishes here today there's been steak and there's been lots of fish dishes what was the the best dish for you which one really called to you definitely salmon the salmon dish um, there, it was salmon with a sweet chilli dressing and pak choy um, I thought it was a, like lovely co- condiments went with it and um, really really highlighted the salmon and it just went very well I thought and the smell was beautiful as well 
Have you got lots of inspiration for your final dish as part of the project? I have. Since I live near the coast, I think I'm going to go with a seafood dish. My stepdad is a fisherman, and I think it would be great to just to bring in um, local foods and local fish and it's great you know being from the coast you have all those opportunities in front of you to use amazing fresh food and you can't get fresher than that no you can't absolutely not what have you learned today um i think I think the use of local foods is what I learned. It's really important to support local and to support community and small farmers and small fishermen. It's it's really getting their name out there, I think. And in terms of the highlight of the day, is there any one element of the day that has really stood out for you? Oh, um, I think everything stood out to me. Everything, yeah. you enjoyed the day? I enjoyed the whole day. The cooking demonstrations was very good. Getting new inspirations for my dish, I think that was definitely definitely a highlight. Well, we look forward to tea. It's not whenever the time comes around. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I do too. Be excited. It's going to be an exciting journey Yeah, for all of us and all students taking part. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan. And just before the break, you heard me reporting from the Apprentice Chef programme in Tralee. And best of luck to all of the 2016 participants. Earlier tonight, we heard from Donald Skehan, who is the January guest editor of Easy Food magazine. And just before the break, Aoife McElwain was on the phone talking about Forkville TV. If you're just tuning in, you can catch the full show later on in the week when the podcast is up on soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show or subscribe free of charge and download it on iTunes or using the podcast app. Time now for the final interview of the evening. Rebecca Cronin is Festival Manager of Ballymaloo Lit Fest, which takes place in May in County Cork. And I'm delighted that she's on the phone now to give us the heads up about the 2016 programme. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Rebecca, you're on your way to Belfast as we speak, I believe. Yeah, we are. Ballymaloo has uh, had a few um, years of traditionally going on a, on a food tour or a restaurant tour to different destinations and this time we've chosen Belfast. Well you couldn't have chosen a better place and you're in for a real treat as are the people that will be going to Ballymaloo Lit Fest from the 20th to the 22nd of May this year. That's right this is the um, the fourth uh, Kerrygold Ballymaloo Literary Festival Food and Wine now and we're kind of we're at a running pace at this stage we've got a handle on on the beast as I call it. Well, what can you tell us? Some details are up about some events on the website, so give us an insight to what we can expect this year. Well, um, as previous years, we've got a number of different venues from um, the cookery school to the grain store and the Caragon room and the drinks theatre. So all of those venues will have different events taking place, like cookery demonstrations, drinks, talks and tastings and cheese tastings and then um, foraging into um, uh, the gardens and around the cookery school. But this year we're actually changing the format of the grain store. In the past it's been um, interviews and panel panel, um, discussions with a a number of people for an hour, an hour and a half, but we feel that the grain store could could be edgier and slightly uh, punchier. So hopefully for Litfest this year will have a very uh, impactful program and it'll be in short 15 minute presentations a a bit like TED talk format so um, it's going to be transformed the grain store the venue which is the main venue it can hold up to 300 people in it at any one time but we plan to transform it into a, a bit of an exciting auditorium to stage the the thought provoking and inspiring series of short talks And as usual, you will have lots of thought-provoking and inspiring people. And I know you have some guests that have been on uh, The Best Possible Taste before, like Susan Boyle is going to be back this year, but she's with her sister, Judith. She's one of only four female beer sommeliers in Ireland. That's right. And actually, really excitingly, um, they in Susan in previous years has done her um, Irish uh, Wild Goose um, Chase, which is a wonderful theatrical piece about um, 
the Irish families that moved across to to Europe and started up uh, wine houses. But this year, Susan and Judith have come together to write um, tales of ales, and um, together they'll present um, a, a similar theatrical piece, but on on beer, which is Irish craft beers, which is um, really exciting. I think it's going to be their first. Um, show of of this uh, particular show. And Leslie Williams will be there and John and Sally McKenna. They're back again. Our our good Irish names, we're delighted to have them back and Leslie will be doing um, a wine talk and um, I think, yeah, we're kind of, the the programme has just been published so I think everybody's eager to try and see what everybody's up to for LitFest 16 to see all the different programmed events. And one person who was there two years ago who proved to be extremely popular was Yutam Otilengi. Yeah, he um, <laughs> he actually was over in Abergavenny this uh, last summer with um, Darina and they, they met at, at the festival, the food festival there. And Yotam had said to Darina, I, I'd love to come back to Litfest, I'd really love to come back. So when Darina arrived back from Wales, she said, Rebecca, you have to invite Yotam back, he says he wants to come, so invite him. So yeah, sent him an email straight away and sure enough, he was delighted to be invited and we're ecstatic that he's coming back and this time he'll be bringing his, his head chef of Nopi, Ramal Scully with him, which we're delighted about too. What is the highlight for you this year? Oh, you always ask me this question and I always <laughs> slightly um, oh, taken off guard. I'm, I'm really actually excited about the grain store. I think that the, um, the change of format and the content of the programme and the presenters that are going to be on that stage and how we're going to deliver it and the little treats and surprises we're putting through the weekend in the grain store I'm I am truly excited about that. So, and it's a very different style to what we've done in the past. So, I'm I'm both nervous and anxious, but also really excited. So, that's a bit of a highlight for me. But also, um, if I was to pick a particular event, um, well, both our lunches are really exciting. We have Sky Gingle from Spring, so it's Spring at Ballymaloo. She will be doing the lunch on the Saturday. And on Sunday, Joseph Trevelli from from the River Cafe will be will be doing the lunch. So they're some pretty amazing lunches, um, and you don't have to travel to London to go to go to them. So, and those are only two events which will probably book up very yeah. quickly. So, what advice do you have for people? Because tickets go on sale. Is it next week? They do. Um, they're going on sale at midday actually um, next week on the twelfth of January. And um, my advice is. Um, if you have time between now and next week just to sit down and look at the programme and see the events that you want to go to and make sure that you just look at the times to make sure that they're not clashing with each other and if there is a particular event that you've got your heart set on make sure that you're online at midday to book it because some events I can't really predict which ones are going to sell out of course there's some obvious ones but there's some that you 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 know I'm always surprised each year at which ones book out very quickly so I suppose if you do have your heart set on something in particular make sure that you're there in around midday on on the um, Tuesday fantastic and the web address is litfest.ie nice and easy to remember that's it litfest.ie have a fabulous trip to the north Give them my regards. Thank you very much. We'll we'll be skipping around Belfast City and then out to a couple of restaurants. We're really looking forward to it and just um, got our journey ahead of us now. We'll have a blast and we will talk to you again before May. Thanks a mil, Sharon. We look forward to seeing you in Ballymaloo in May. Thanks, Rebecca. Bye now. Bye-bye. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinter. That brings us to the end of the first show of 2016. You can catch all of last year's show on the podcast, soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show or subscribe to it free of charge on iTunes or use the podcast app. Thanks so much for tuning in and to guests, Donald Skehan, Aoife Michael Wayne, Mark Doe, Louise Brosnan, Susie Cox and Erin O'Driscoll from the Apprentice Chef programme and of course Rebecca Cronin from Ballymaloo Lit Fest. Until next week... Bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. 
Bon Appetit.